1: Hello and welcome to a wintry December edition of the Royal Horticultural Society's gardening podcast. If you're a regular listener you'll know that this is a podcast made by people who know and love gardening for people who love gardening and who would like to know even more. Every edition contains practical seasonal advice and topical interviews and features about everything green so there's something to interest all garden lovers in every show. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the RHS's team of horticultural advisors, based here at Wisley in Surrey. Even though it's chilly, there's still plenty that can be done in the garden. Later on, we'll be hearing some suggestions for jobs to do in your garden right now from our horticultural teams. Plus, with Christmas just around the corner, we'll head to the RHS shop to find some ideas for last-minute festive gifts. But first, some exciting news. In the Garden Media Guild Awards, which were held in London recently, the RHS Gardening Podcast team were absolutely delighted to be awarded the trophy for Radio Broadcast of the Year. The award was for a selection from our podcasts for RHS members, including this interview with passionate nurseryman John Massey.
2: My name's John Massey of Ashwood Nurseries. I've been at the nursery for 49 years, uh, but I've had lots of fun over the last 15 or so years developing a garden behind the nursery with lots of excellent help. Because hellebores are a speciality of Ashwood, there's quite an array of them down here. Hellebores are herbaceous perennials, There's probably about 16 or more species which you can find distributed throughout uh, Central and Southern Europe, Turkey, Russia, and on into China. And there are two species which can be found scattered throughout Northwestern Europe, which um, used to be called Viridus and now called Occidentalis, and the other species is fetidus, often known as the stinking hellebore. I love hellebores because... They tell you spring's just round the corner, uh, along with the snowdrops and cyclamen. and coom. They really do uh, start the year off and start cheering you up, that ray of sunshine. They're probably the most perfect plant to breed with because there's... All the species love hybridising with each other. Um, they're easy to grow from seed, which is probably the best method of propagation. They're very long lived, and um, I'd say they they flower for two or three months because the colourful part of the flowers aren't what we'd normally think of as petals; are actually sepals. They're like the green part on the back of a rose, and this is why they last for so long apart from flowering at a cooler time of the year. They're excellent plants uh, for the gardeners, say so they, as long as the soil isn't waterlogged, they'll grow in most conditions from a north border that they're also ideal in, um, but generally in the wild they grow in deciduous woodland slopes or amongst scrub and rocks in the clearing so when i plant them i always try and a plant them on a slope uh, but also plant them in amongst deciduous shrubs we use things like ribes white icicle or uh, the cornus officinalis and In other beds, we tend to interplant them with hostas uh, because this uh, covers the foliage over. So they love to flower in the sun. But in the heat of the summer, they love to be overgrown by other uh, taller-growing herbaceous plants. So even along the front of a herbaceous border, they're excellent there and it's in full sun at this time of the year. But later on, as say, uh, overgrown by the taller later herbaceous.
1: You can hear the whole of this award-winning podcast on our website at rhs.org.uk forward slash gmg 2016. You can also find all of our previous podcasts archived on iTunes, so you can catch up with any you've missed. For links and listings, see rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast index. Well, that's enough reflection on past achievements. Let's go outside into the garden here at Wisley and see what the teams are up to right now.
3: Hello, my name's Jerry Moore. I work at RHS Wisley and I work in the fruit department, mainly in the orchard. Today we're pruning apple trees and we're pruning them now because it's the right time. We're, we're pruning uh, open centre trees and the winter prune starts not in November or December necessarily, but when the leaf is off. And the reason why we need the leaf to be off is so that we can see what we're doing but also the trees are becoming quite dormant. It's important they're dormant so we can see what we're doing. We need to be able to look at the shape of the tree, see the buds perfectly so that we can take the right amount of wood off them. And the point of of doing our prune now is really to keep the trees in good heart. To keep them clean and healthy so that we have good crops of apples. Not necessarily large or many of them but good sized fruit that's clean and healthy. And that's why we're pruning now in winter. When we prune in winter, we're mindful that winter pruning tends to create um, good good growth. This is what we want to do. Got to be a little bit careful with some of our trees. Some are very vigorous. If we prune the trees very hard, they tend to react so strongly that we can create whip growth for the next year. And so you must avoid that, especially with some of these very vigorous trees that we've got here. It's old-fashioned pruning in a way in that we're looking today at open centre half-standard trees and bush trees, and that's a fairly easy prune. So these half-standard trees are open. The actual uh, centre has been taken out when they were planted, in this case 63, 64 years ago, and the reason why we've taken the centre of the trees out is so that they're an open vase or shuttlecock-type shape, and that allows air and light right through the centre of the tree uh, and so that we're keeping um, fungus at a minimum, mould at a minimum and we're allowing light to the back of the tree so apples ripen perfectly. If you're pruning your own apple tree at home it's quite good to assess the vigour of the tree first and see how strong it is. It makes you consider that you shouldn't be too vigorous with your own pruning. If you tend to over prune a tree it may react very very harshly and you'll find that you've just created a lot of whippy growth here for example once we've actually looked at the center of the tree and removed some but not all of the whip growth we start looking at the um, at the tree in the round and see what types of branches are actually growing back into the center which will crowd that center and then we remove those normally with a saw We'll also have to be looking at, say, the height of a tree. If you can't pick it, it's a difficult job, but don't try and reduce the height of tree, especially with long-armed loppers, all in one go. Take it very slowly and remove a little bit of height in various parts of the tree over a number of years.
1: As always you can find more information and practical advice about what to do in your garden this month at rhs.org.uk forward slash advice there you can also find guides to key seasonal jobs video tutorials and much more i'm jenny bowden and you're listening to the rhs gardening podcast unless you're lucky enough to be listening on a remote tropical beach you can't have failed to notice that it's nearly christmas If, like many of us, you've still got many family and friends you need to buy gifts for, fear not. There are many practical and beautiful presents available for garden lovers online, in RHS shops and in garden centres. We popped into the shop here at Wisley to get some ideas for last minute presents.
4: Hello I'm Lee Hunt. Uh, We've been looking in the shop all morning but it's so busy in there with all the Christmas shoppers we've slipped into a storeroom to be actually able to explore some of the items we managed to pick out from the shelves and the the various displays in the plant centre so we've come away to make a look through them a bit better. I'm with Mikaela a fellow horticultural advisor and we've been really looking for things that are good for gardeners so Things that are going to appeal to people, whether they grow, like reading, or just enjoy looking at it.
5: I've selected uh, three plants um, for the gardener that has everything. The first one is Sarcococca Confusa. The common name is Christmas Box. Beautifully scented flowers will do perfectly all right in a garden or a container. The next one is called Camellia Yuletide, which has beautiful. Red flowers with a gold-yellow centre. The plant centre here at Wisley's sell a lot of these at this time of the year because of the name, really. The name sells this plant.
4: This is unusual because it's not just a comedia. that flowers in spring which we'd normally expect something about end february march april to get blooms this is one that's a sasanqua type so it does actually flower now and you'll get a smattering of blooms going right through again to to mid-spring and it can go in a container i've grown one happily now for about three four years in um just a large container of some ericaceous compost but equally in a shelter spot in the garden um McKenna, you were saying this as well but shelter spot seems better for this plant as well
5: yes they're a bit frost tender um if you live in a frost pocket then it will require protection when it is really cold the other topical plant for Christmas is always um the hellebores it is a big family Helleborus niger is the Christmas rose, but then you've got the Lenten roses, which are the Orientalis types. In my hand at the moment, I've got a Hellebore mollys white, beautiful foliage and lovely greeny white flowers.
4: The flowers are more interesting shaped too, aren't they? Because not only are they creamy and greeny, they've got more of a double formation. And those um, anthers in the middle are very much pronounced but then sort of shrouded in this ring of petals so that makes a more attractive sort of different variety to try in the garden too. I've been looking in the bookshop and I've got a bit of a knockout gift and it's kind of got the weight to go with it as well. It comes in its own presentation pack and inside it's got the brand new A to Z encyclopedia of garden plants which is the RHS book Some people will probably know this because it's been a publication for over 20 years, but this latest edition has got more than 5,000 new plants included, plus a lot of extra photography. So I get it out, we've got a really good tome and it have really most of the garden plants that you're likely to want to grow or might have seen, you know, when you're at a flower show and thinking, what's that? Um, It's a really good place to start. So for us as uh, gardening advisors, it's often a standard work we'll use because it not only got about the plant, but also how to grow it, how big it'll grow, uh, whether it needs to grow in a house or out in the garden. So a lot of the basic cultivation, including common names as well. It is A to Z by... um, the genus name, the botanical name, but um, because you can sort of quickly flick through it, anyone who's um, already really interested in gardening and wants to know more, it's a really good start. So it is quite an expensive book. It's £75, but there is £15 off in the Wisley shop at the moment. So it is one of those things, if you want a really good present for a gardener, it's a good place to start.
5: Over from the tool section, I've chosen... The ideal gift—it's um, a pair of Falco Number Two um, secateurs, which any gardener would love to have wrapped up under the tree at Christmas. Um, they are quite expensive, but they last a lifetime.
4: Well, all those green fingered gardeners end up more black fingered gardeners by the time we've been out there. So I've been looking in the the smellies and soap section, and I found um, some soap and bee soap in this case it's made in england and there were two scents there was lavender and olive so whether you're you're male or female i think there's something there for you and this it does really smell wonderful as well it has a really rich aroma i've got the the olive one here it comes on a a rope so you could hang it up and i was thinking even if you've got a sort of Um, a a sink where you often come in from the garden you could actually hang it up so you don't end up with such a mess you could hang it over the sink and reach up to it um, and then use the soap like that while making all the muddy bits round so that's the the first little smelly I've got then the second one appealed because Often when we've been doing a lot of hard gardening it's the feet that hurt and these are Fizzy Foot Tablets by Pop. Uh, they are uh, 12 99 but I have to say the idea of placing your feet in a bowl of warm water with your feet fizzing around possibly with a glass of fizz itself just might take the edge off any winter activity in the garden.
5: I've been in the sun juice section and the um, seed section. I particularly like for stocking fillers the prop it and crop it, seeds and a little card of wool from the Twilly company. They've colour coordinated the string with a packet of flowers. On this occasion it's terracotta string with a sunflower called red sun. Then another really useful gift is a pair of gardening gloves of course. They sell a lot of the shower gloves in the plant centre because these are thin and you can actually feel what you're doing through gloves rather than wearing a thick
4: pair of gloves. I think you can probably tell that we've had fun in the shop and the plant centre this morning. There are Literally hundreds and thousands of things that we could have chosen. Um, so this is just our selection. But of course, do pop along and you'll find many other different things that might appeal more to your friends and family. And of course, if you can't get to a the garden, there is the RHS online too.
1: Lee Hunt and Michaela Freed from the advisory team. You can find a wide variety of gifts available from our website or at the shops at all four RHS gardens. Or why not treat someone to membership of the RHS or ticket vouchers to our flower shows? Perfect gifts for any garden lover. Benefits of membership include free entry to all four of our gardens Hyde Hall in Essex, Rosemore in Devon, Harlow Carr in North Yorkshire, and Wisley here in Surrey. Here is a selection of events happening in our gardens in the next few weeks. Get the Christmas glow at Wisley. Come and see our fantastical light displays with the gigantic light installation of giant illuminated flowers which are blooming around the garden. Also, don't miss out on all the natural Christmas decorations around the garden and a fantastic floral display in the glasshouse. That runs until the 2nd of January and is free with normal garden entry start the new year discovering how to make your own beautiful face and body preparations from facial cleansers and scrubs to lip balms with herbalist belle charlesworth at harlow car on the 11th of january join the Hyde hall gardeners for a masterclass demonstration on late winter pruning techniques for shrub roses and wisteria on the 5th of january see rosemore's winter garden transformed with a magical trail of lights our magical garden illuminations will run until January the 7th 2017 on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, with late opening until 8.30pm. Garden entry on these days will be half price after 4pm. Details of these and many other events are available on our website at rhs.org.uk forward slash event search. And finally, it's the last chance to see the fascinating exhibition The City Gardener, which is on display at the Lindley Library in London until December the 20th. City gardeners have long battled lack of space, lack of light and poor air quality to carve a space for nature in the urban jungle. Taking inspiration from The City Gardener, the first practical guide to urban gardening, this exhibition at the Lindley Library explores the delights and challenges of urban gardening through the ages. Here's Vanessa Moore from the Lindley Library with more details.
6: Hi, my name's Vanessa. I'm the Exhibition and Events Coordinator for the RHS Lindley Library. Um, our new exhibition at the library is called The City Gardener and it's all about urban gardening. The exhibition is inspired by the first practical guide to urban gardening, uh, The City Gardener, and it was published by Sir Thomas Fairchild. Now, we might think that urban gardening is a modern phenomena, but this book was published in 1722 so it's actually about 300 years old. Fairchild wrote the book um, because he wanted to inspire his fellow Londoners to get outside and to get green-fingered and start gardening in urban spaces. He was very keen um, to inspire his readers and he did this by essentially extolling the virtues of city gardening and the benefits of gardening but also by offering practical tips and advice um, on how to tackle some of the problems associated with gardening in the city. So things like poor light levels, poor air quality and small spaces to work in. What's really striking about the exhibition and about the book itself is how much of what Fairchild says is still actually relevant today. So we are still tackling a lot of these same problems. and what's different now and what we're exploring in this exhibition is how we are actually able to quantify some of those problems. So we'll be comparing Fairchild's thoughts on urban gardening with modern scientific research, giving us the most up-to-date studies and figures for how the benefits of our urban gardening can actually help us in our day-to-day lives. So Fairchild strongly believed um, in the benefits of nature and he thought that being close to nature would give a, what he described as a quietness of mind. Uh, so as an example, we've been able to uh, conduct recent studies and look at research that shows and actually quantifies how being close to green space can improve your mind's ability to concentrate. Wow. Um, So, in the exhibition, you'll be able to see the long history of urban gardening. Um, You'll be able to find out more about our Greening Grey Britain campaign. So, we like to think that Fairchild's book is possibly the 18th century version of Greening Grey Britain. But you'll also be able to find out about our Greening Grey Britain and make a pledge to plant here at the library. The City Gardener is open until the 20th of December. The exhibitions are based in uh, the Lindley Library at Vincent Square in London and we're open from Monday to Friday, 10 to 5, you can just drop in.
1: Vanessa Moore from the Lindley Library. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for in this podcast. We'll be back later in the month with a special programme looking back at the highlights of 2016. Until then, remember you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden, and all the award-winning podcast team, thank you for listening and goodbye.